The Sports Dance. Hey everyone, and welcome to The Sports Dance. My name is Greg, and with me, as always, you know he's going to give it to you straights. It's Paul, everybody. Paul, how you doing? I am doing excellent. There is so much going on, I don't even know where to begin. Well, Excitement we... all around in the sports world. Well, I guess, should we whistle while we work? Ooh, look at that. Well, now we just have to pay copyright for that. Um, no, I, I did. I see that. I had that double whistle at the beginning. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. You did change it up. Dun, 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 dun. Obviously, some little puns to make reference to whistling straights in the Ryder Cup. You know, and, it's um, in the middle of Wisconsin. Yeah. You come from Europe and you go to Wisconsin to play golf. I mean, most of those guys live in the U.S., let's be honest. <laughs> right. Who doesn't? A lot of all them live. All the actors, all the... There's a reason the European tour is not the big tour. The PGA tour is the big tour. But so Ryder Cup's going to be coming up. We're going to get to that later in the show. But obviously, the king of kings in the sports world is always football. So we're going to get into the NFL action from week two, which saw not so many upsets, but still, you know, a few surprising wins, some surprising losses. Definitely some big fantasy busts. You and I each have one I know that we're going to speak on. Yep. But just and you know we'll, we'll get to the homer thing you probably have a better homer week than i do just saying yeah that happens once in a while and then just kind of giving a rundown of the show real quick we're also going to have a well this is awkward involving not tom brady but tom brady senior yeah in a nice little interview he gave then finally some what mlb wild cup uh mlb wild cup wild card <laughs> combined Stanley Cup and wild card somehow. And of course, the Ryder Cup. I guess that's more so where I got the cup from to round the show off. So, Paul, let's get into it. Week two of the NFL had plenty of action. Before any surprising things or any of that, do you want to know what the least surprising thing of the whole weekend was to me? Talk to me. Carson Wentz not just spraining one ankle but two ankles. He sprained both of his ankles. How is that physically possible? And why is this man more brittle than brittle itself? I guess. I don't even know. You know, some silly teenagers that might jump off a train bridge into a river. That's only two feet deep feet first. They might break a couple of ankles. They might do, but in a football game, how the hell do you break both? Uh, no, sprain. I don't know. I and mean, I guess way, sprain, you might be better off with a break. I mean, I get he may have sprained one like slightly on an earlier play and then he sprained the other one. But like, come on. I think he's just I think him and the Colts are purposely just trying to make sure that the Eagles do not get this first round pick. Um, it could be. It's only two weeks in. I'm already going with the conspiracy theory of that. I like conspiracy theories. I, I, I enjoy those. I, I think know you, I, you, um, you get along with a good conspiracy theory when there is one. And I think if he was approached, he'd say, sure, I'll do that. I'll sit out. My ankles both hurt. Yeah. But yeah, just had to get that in there. Ridiculous. This man is just, I don't, I don't even know. I don't know what the most brill thing in the world is, but my guess is if you look it up, Carson Wentz's name might appear. I think they should call him peanuts. I can't peanut even defend brill. him anymore. He's not an peanut Eagles brill. quarterback. So I'm not going to even try to act like I don't know he's more brittle and just easily broken then again 
I don't I, cookies that are crumbly. Who knows? I don't know. What's his outlook? Uh, he's gonna. Yeah, he tested them today. I don't really know. So I don't know how you also test how bad your ankles are. You're a quarterback. You need to be able to move in the pocket. He likes to run around because he doesn't know how to just get rid of the ball instead of taking a sack. I think um, they tape him up so much, right? They Sometimes, do, but if they're still bad enough. The cleat comes off and it's like, dear God, they got to rip off 87 rolls of tape, get it back on. But if if it's a high ankle sprain, that's way different. That one, it's the type that it doesn't matter how much you tape it. So we'll yeah. see what exactly happens there. But yeah, just had to get that out of the way because, man, is he frustrating. And Colts fans are probably starting to actually realize how frustrating it is to have him as your quarterback. And it's only two, week two. They were probably happy to get him. He hasn't played poorly. It's just he can't stay on the field. Oh, man. I guess, you know, his career wasn't over, but it might be now. I mean, that's. I mean, he's he's got better chances than some quarterbacks of staying in this league, at least getting a few more chances. If for some reason it doesn't work out in Indianapolis, but I have a feeling it probably will. He's got a few a year or two to prove himself. But anyway, let's get into it. The most surprising win of the weekend, Paul. Who did you got and why? Well, um, how about the Ravens beating Mahomes and the Chiefs? On Sunday Night Football. First primetime loss in Mahomes' career. I just was shocked. Um, and I guess, you know, when you talk about it, it's a, it's a Ravens defense win in the fourth quarter, shutting out Mahomes. Yeah, it was that's impressive when especially when you look at some of the touchdowns that happened in, in that game for the Chiefs. The scramble Mahomes had where he like kind of sidearmed it to Kelsey and he literally just shuffled through defenders, like kind of just was like, ooh, oh, oh, and like barely like tiptoed around guys. It was kind of weird of how it developed. And then you had another one or two where it was just long touchdowns, and it kind of seemed like that was just gonna be the night for the Chiefs of how they won. Well. Had it so much in the fourth quarter, it probably would have. But hey, Mahomes played a great game until the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, he he was pretty good. He did have an interception that was costly. They had a fumble also that was costly in the fourth quarter when they were on the verge of making the drive down the field to potentially get set up for a game-winning field goal. Uh, Hilaire with the costly fumble for him, he did not have a good game either. But yeah, so definitely a surprise win for many. I mean, we know the Ravens are good. We know they're talented. We know Lamar Jackson is very good at what he does. Great quarterback battle, uh, 107 yards. Um, yeah, rushing. Through 250. He did a nice little. Hands. Great night. He did say he was a little sore after that somersault he did into the end zone when he was celebrating. He was like, I'm a little sore, but I'd do it again. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I'm sure the coach loves to hear that. Yeah, right. That's like um, a famous quarterback that was cliff jumping in. It was after the season, but it's before. In the Brazil. Season. Yeah. Yeah. That, not a good idea. No, but you know, it was definitely a surprising win because obviously people think of the chiefs as this unstoppable force and they were stopped. So yeah, I like it. I like the pick. My most surprising win went to the Titans over the Seahawks in overtime in Seattle. They won 33 to 30. And my reason it's a surprise win is, one, going into Seattle is very hard for anybody. It is a tough stadium to play in with the fans there. The fans are going to be amped up. First time back 
just, you know, going crazy in that stadium. But also, the Titans did not look good at all against the Cardinals in week one. Like, it it looked bad. So there was the part of me that was like, maybe the Titans aren't as good as we thought they were going to be. Derrick Henry had a horrible game, and then he comes out this game with 182 rush yards and three touchdowns and just plowed through Seattle's defense. So, yeah, it was surprising to me that they were able to actually just win this game and pull it out, especially in overtime. Well, you got to love an overtime football game, right? Yeah. Because then you think, what were the last four quarters for? Dear God, this game's going to go forever. That's always an exciting game. Not in the NFL. We already know if it's 10 minutes gone by, you get a tie because the NFL somehow decided that's the best solution. Terrible. But that's that's another topic for another day. Change the rules. A lot of asterisks. Hey, Russell Wilson did come up with a pretty interesting concept for overtime games. If they go the full 10 minutes instead of a tie, he said what they should do is the teams do a coin toss. Whatever team wins the coin toss, the other one chooses if they get to kick a 63-yard field goal or if they want the other team to attempt it because I think that's the NFL record. If the team makes it, they win the game. If the team misses, they lose the game. And I think it is like no pass, no rush or anything. It's just the kicker by himself. Shit luck. I think that would actually make it way more exciting. If they don't go college rules, I feel like go that. Well, 10 minutes and you call it a tie is just not football. I mean, they're out there killing themselves, literally breaking bones and tearing up ACLs. (laughs) Let them win, for God's sake. Play till you win. Exactly. So, but yeah, most surprising win goes to the Titans for me. When we go to the lost column, though, I'll go first on this one. The most surprising loss for me definitely was the Steelers. And it's not because they lost to the Raiders. It's because it wasn't as close of a game as I expected. Nine points, 26-17. And we saw the week before, the Steelers' defense dominated Josh Allen in that Bills passing game and did not really give in to any of it. Derek Carr lit up the Steelers' defense. I I know TJ Watt got hurt. He pulled a groin muscle or something. But Carr went off for 382 yards. That itself was shocking. So the Steelers getting beat down like that, I mean, I know nine points doesn't seem like a beatdown, but after what they did against the Bills, felt like a beatdown with how much Derek Carr was airing it out all over them. So that shocked me. When you have that standout player, excellent performance. Yeah, but he's not a guy that you're supposed to have as a standout player. But, but uh, yeah, who who would have thought? Who I do have you have, player. Paul? I, I, this, are you sitting down? I know you're sitting down. I'm looking at you. I was going to say, I'm sitting down. Are you seat belted in? I am. America, are you seat belted in? (laughs) I have to give you the why after I give you my, my surprising loss. Okay. The The New Jersey Giants losing to the Washington football team. Now, I didn't think they'd win. It's how they lost. I like how you had to preface that. I didn't that, think they were going to win, but it's still surprising. It's funny because when you're at that New Jersey area, nobody even cares about a dumpster fire. They just, you know, it happens all the time. They're and used they're it. used to it. So you kick a field goal, miss, there's a penalty, and you win the game. You lose the game because you had a penalty. What the hell? Yeah, I mean, it's a field goal. Do nothing. All you have to do is 
The worst thing is it was one of the guys on the inside part of the line. The only people that are usually blocking a kick are the guy on the outside getting around the corner or it's one of the bigger guys, but it's somebody that's like definitely going to get through that line somehow, like a Fletcher Cox type might get his hand up. And maybe it's a line drive low ball and somebody climbs up a back. It, 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 it was, happens, but it's rare. It was terrible way to lose. I get why I get understanding why you say it's a, a surprising loss. Yeah. Cause the giants, the kick was missed. They assumed they won until they saw the laundry on the field and went, wait, who's it against? Crap. Well, it was fun. <laughs> it, was, it was a fun win while it lasted because it wasn't. It's, you know, sometimes those stupid fouls and penalties, they're just terrible. I mean, guys, it, it cost them games. I mean, yeah. when you have a one or two point game and, and you had a 15 yarder or half the distance to the goal, for God's sake, you can't be that blatant. You nope. gotta, you gotta keep it clean. Well, that's why hopefully also speaking of rules, the NFL cleans up their taunting rules because there have been a lot of taunting calls made against players this week. It was bad. Like guys still going, giving first down signal. And it's just the player from the other team just happens to be in front of them, like not near them, but in front of them enough. And the guy's just going like first down and signal it. And they're like, that's taunting because the player's in front of them. And like it's what? just dumb things like that. They got to learn to rein that back in. The NFL made it a big deal, like call taunting. They've called it too much. They've called it on ridiculous things. You should know the what. Down, the, the first down stance and. and, and yeah. Unless and guys are doing something very blatant to the other team. If they're standing up and celebrating and the guy from the other team just happens to like be next to him and he doesn't realize it and it's clear he doesn't, don't, don't throw it. No. And, 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 and it, it's, it's when the guy's getting in your face and, yeah. and being obnoxious and, exactly. and, and it's very clear. That's not a judgment call. But, you know, the first down stance that it, it, it's expected. Mm-hmm. It's expected. They all do it. That's right. So yeah, that hopefully will get figured out, but we're going to move on. So that was our most surprising and le- uh, most surprising win and loss. Next, we got our, our least surprising win and loss columns where I'm going with the Bills over the Dolphins, 35 to nothing. Spe- I mean, I in general, two attack of Viola being knocked out with a cracked rib had nothing to do with why I was surprised the Bills won. The Bills were going to win this game because – they were embarrassed last week losing to the Steelers. They came into this year heavy favorites to make at least the AFC championship. Some people have them as Super Bowl contenders. You knew they were going to be like, all right, last week was a wake-up call. We need to play every game like it's the championship game. They stopped the Dolphins. You know, good team. Good team. And hey, the Dolphins beat the Patriots. Let's crush the Dolphins. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a fuel there. And, yeah. and, and, you know, they went out with a mission and boy, did they. They just, yeah, yeah it was an annihilation in every single way, shape and form. When you get a shutout, you did something right and you made the other team look bad. How do you score no points? You have to try. I mean, again, they did lose their starting quarterback, but I also don't think it would have made a difference. All right, Paul, who's your least surprising win? So I, I know I'm going to talk about this in the Homer group. <laughs> However, um, Patriots beating the New Jersey Jets, another dumpster fire they drive by. 
What's this New Jersey in general is a dumpster fire for teams. Listen, they come out, he throws four interceptions, the newbie, nerves, whatever it is. He's playing against another newbie. So, you know, you'd think that would calm him down, but it is the Patriots. That's got to be a little bit daunting. And yeah. holy crap, it was bad. Yeah. So like and then I think another week, I thought, I thought Mac Jones looked better week one than week two. That's what I, I feel like that's what I heard a lot. But again, you can touch more on that in a few minutes because we'll be yep. there soon. Uh, your big, what was your biggest, least surprising loss? Um, Falcons box. I mean, it was going to be anybody in the box. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 they're they're okay, but it's it's the box. I mean, once you saw the Eagles beat them thirty-two to six, you kind of knew the the Bucks were just gonna. Well, you never know. The Bills didn't win their first week and they came out strong. Yeah, the Falcons aren't the Bills. No, they're not. They're not. <laughs> they don't even have nice uniforms. They're it's, kind of funky looking. It's it's not even a it's not you shouldn't even try to make that joke of a comparison. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you are turning me, you know, I'd rather be a Buffalo Bills fan than a New Jersey Giants or Jets because they know where they're from. Even though they're trying to move, they know where they're from. That's true. They're they do Buffalo. know where they're from. Yeah, let's be honest. Giants and Jets, stop acting like you're from New York. You're not. I grew up in New Jersey. Your stadium is in New Jersey Lions. It, it doesn't matter what they want to call you. You're a New Jersey team. And they all live in New Jersey because the city of New York has a 7% city tax. And you think you're going to pay that? I mean, not happening. That's why guys choose to play in Texas half the time. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Tax-free. Ba-boom. All right, my least shocking loss goes to the Detroit Lions. Because you knew Aaron Rodgers was going to come in and he was like, all right, I was embarrassed against the Saints. Let's just destroy the Lions. And that's what they did. It was iffy at halftime. 17-14, Detroit was winning. I will say I was hoping in some way, shape, or form Detroit was going to win this game. Because I don't know if you heard about it, Paul, but there was a 16-game parlay on this game that everything relied on the Lions winning. If they had won this game, the man who made the bet would have won $765,000 off a $25 free bet. Wow. He did not obviously have that happen, but I heard bet MGM where he made the bet actually comp- felt bad and gave him $130,000 because he had 15 of the 16 legs. Correct. So usually what happens is when you make a bet like that, say you are on that last leg, you would need the Detroit Lions to win. Say they're up 17, 14 at halftime like they were. If it was not a free bet, what would happen is the casino that you made the bet with or the sports book that you made it with usually offers you a cash out offer saying, if you cash out now, we will give you say 500 grand or $500,000. Yeah. And that no matter what the outcome is, you make $500,000. Or you let it ride and see if you can win the extra. But usually they put it close enough to the number where it's worth your while. So there was another person who made a bet that also had the Lions. It was a 10-game parlay, I believe. But they needed just the Lions points to be under. They needed to lose by less than 12 for them to win out $360,000. He did this on DraftKings. He made It was like a $3,000 wager he put in to win this payout. DraftKings offered him at halftime $240,000 to cash out. He said no and made nothing. 
Oh. There's good decisions in He's the married. Yeah. Imagine his wife finding this out. I would be dead. I wouldn't be doing the show right now. What did he what did he spend on the bet? About three thousand, I think. Oh. So clearly he either is dumb with his money or he has money. Right. It was one it's one of those. I I I I know that's why we tell everyone to gamble responsibly. That is correct. Man, I cash out. <laughs> right. Oh, just just terrible. There it was in your hands, and you got greedy. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. But yes, the Lions losing to the Packers, not shocking at all, because Aaron Rodgers came in, did his thing, made it look easy, put all the questions and thoughts people had in their minds about what's going to happen this year in the rearview mirror and just took care of business. Which actually leads perfectly into my fantasy stud of the week because, Paul, it comes from a Packers player. It's not Aaron Rodgers, but it is his backfield mate in Aaron Jones. That was my biggest fantasy stud of the week. I think that was everybody's biggest fantasy stud for the most part because he made some Monday night miracles happen. He, If you were behind, most likely by the end of the night, if it was even a 30-point difference, you won your matchups. In my one league that I have him personally – I was losing and I ended up crushing my opponent by like 25 points because Aaron Jones had four touchdowns, three reception touchdowns, 67 rush yards and six catches for 48 yards. And that's a lovely stat line for any fantasy football team, no matter how you're scoring things. So Aaron Jones got my fantasy stud of the week. Who is your fantasy stud, Paul? Fantasy stud of the week is the Rams Cooper cup. Number one, Cool name, right? Cooper Cup. Definitely a football era. name. Um, and I think nine catches, 163 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, him and Matthew Stafford have a good connection to start off right from the get-go. They had a good thing going against Chicago, and now they just pick up where they left off and did it again. Really a, a nice... Uh... They ran it back. That's, that's, a, that's a that's a great performance that's yeah. that's just epic that's a lot of guys two weeks line <laughs> if they're lucky right so all right obviously when you have a stud you have a bust there's a lot of different guys to choose from this week you had brandon Ayuk, who had half a point against the eagles but he's getting a pass because he was part of it last week and also he's still dealing with the same issues as this, this week paul who was your bust in the fantasy world this year, but well, not this year, this week. For a guy that's supposed to be in the top three performers, Alvin Kamara, five rushing yards and a total of 25 yards in the air. Yeah. Uh, like, did they anybody who he is? I was going to say, after a week one where, you know, they put it to the Packers, people probably felt very confident that Kamara is going to have, you know, big offensive year. He's definitely going to be a check down option for Winston a lot. I don't know what happened. He faced the Panthers who, I mean, I guess the Panthers defense is good. They didn't think it was good enough to shut him down completely. Like five rush yards in eight attempts. That's pathetic. Yeah. That's not, that's just, um, so yeah. Um, bust of the week. Yeah. A lot of people that took him in the first round definitely were cursing his name. 
Another guy that people took either in round one or two, depending on how big your league was, but definitely a top 20 player to be taken. Tyreek Hill got it for me. Uh, I mean, he went off for big points the week before. I think he was in the high 30s, low 40s, around there. He had three catches for 14 yards. He wasn't hurt. He was just like not there. It from such a high the week before. Well, also in a game that saw the Chiefs and Ravens going back and forth and put up 36 and 35 points on the board, you would think he would be involved in some way. Nope. That <laughs> was the, bad. The cheetah was caged. Big time. Like just not good. A non a non I'll think of the word I'm thinking of. Did it have to do with cheetahs? No, I'm um, just a, a non-contributor. Not a non-contributor. Um, I mean, he basically contributed. Yeah, non-factor. But yeah, he definitely earns my bust of the week. So definitely two guys that should be elite on a weekly basis that just were not. I mean, there's always other busts. I mean, George Kittle only put up three points. Guys like that that should be putting up decent points just aren't. By the way, side note for fantasy-wise, Tom Brady probably could have been a stud this week he had five touchdowns i believe he now has the most touchdowns he's ever had through the first two games of his career he's been playing for what 21 seasons 22 seasons i forget which it is of those two and he's still doing things he's never done before it's not fair um it's the avocado ice cream it's 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 a mental state i i don't know what it is but i think he's steve austin the bionic man what the hell he gets better he gets color me color me impressed Yep, he's doing the Phil Mickelson of football this year. Yeah. He's going to just kill it. All right, next up we have Omi, <laughs> just a homer. And Paul, I'll let you have the honors to go first because your team won this week, unlike mine. So, Paul, you are the Patriots fan. You had your nice win. What you, what do you what did you feel about the win? What do you think moving forward going into week three? I think against the Saints. So, facing Alvin Kamara before that big four match, week four matchup against the Bucks. Well, you can't go to sleep and, and the Bill Belichick will be, you know, onto the Saints. Um, they'll do their homework. They will protect Mac Jones and they'll play the game they play. I think Mac Jones is an NFL quarterback. I think he is, you know, you could have said first week jitters, but he played great, played better the first week than, than the second week. And, you know, he's got a, he's got a good solid team around him. I, 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 I think it's a it's a it's a Patriots win for sure, but aren't we all looking forward to two weeks from now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I got to say a lot of conversation next week, but that's oh, going to yeah. be the football game of the week. Oh yeah, maybe I, w- I will say congrats to the Patriots on getting four interceptions. That was just impressive. Their defense looked good, but I'm also going to say, God, that was a boring game to watch. It was, and by the way, it was almost five. It was a he. Oh yeah, you guys I mean, almost like, caught that. <laughs> the first three out of, the first three out of four passes being picked off, not great. No, at one that point he was four killed. of ten with four interceptions. So he had as many completions as interceptions. Not a good look. So, are you getting it all out of your system now, and you're going to warm up? There's a lot of football left. Well, the issue with him is the Jets even said they have to talk to him and tell him he has to stop trying to be just like an athlete 
that he needs to become a quarterback because Zach Wilson is one of those guys. He is very athletic. He can run around. He can make plays with his feet. He can get out of situations and make the big throws. He has the big arm. But sometimes he tries to do just too much, and it's not going to work on the NFL level, and he needs to understand when it will work and when it won't work. My guess is they should actually have him watch film of Patrick Mahomes and somebody like that where they do know how to make something out of nothing but also seem to kind of know when to be done. Yeah, you've got to – if you can't get rid of the ball and you're supposed to get rid of the ball and you got to run, you got to run, don't throw the damn ball to the opposing team. But yeah, go ahead, a, keep doing a, it. It's a big key right there. Don't throw the ball to the opposing team. All right, Paul, looking at my team, the Eagles, rough week. They lost 17-11 to the Niners. It's a game they should have won. At one point, they had a 91-yard reception that ended up in no points. So it just kind of puts in perspective how many opportunities they missed. They also had two key contributors go down for them. Brandon Graham, one of the best defensive ends, I think, in football in general. Very consistent over the past seven, eight years. I think he's been in the league, maybe 10. It's in that range. He's only missed one game, like in his whole career. He tore his Achilles. He's done for the year. So that's very rough to see. He's also just a nice guy. Brandon Brooks, also Pro Bowl defense, uh, right guard. Hurt his pectoral muscle. He's on the IR now, so he at least won't be back for a few weeks. So two key injuries on both the defensive and offensive line, two strengths for the team. Just not good at performance overall. Jalen Hurts did not look nearly as sharp as he did facing a 49ers defense that isn't bad, but I'm not going to say they're very good. So just not great for them. Hopefully they can bounce back this week. Uh, We're going to talk about the game a little bit more about who they face in our must-watch games because even though I'm a homer, it's also a game I think that just needs to be watched. So, Paul, we're going to get into those, and I guess I'll start since I'm already talking about the Eagles. My must-watch game of the week will be Monday Night Football, where it is the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Dallas Cowboys. It's Dallas week in Philly. It's always a week that gets everybody amped up. It's early in the season. Week three is very early for a game like this. But it's going to get the blood flowing. Everybody's going to be up and ready for this game. It is a game that a lot of people will watch. Eagles, Cowboys, over-under is 51 and a half. I'm going to put it at the over. I think this will just be a shootout. I know the Cowboys are just coming off a 20 to 17 game against the Chargers. Eagles 17 and 11 against the Niners. I just have a feeling this game is going to be a lot of points. Two mobile quarterbacks against two defenses that can have openings happen in them actually you know what i'm rethinking that i'm gonna go with the under 51 and a half i'm going under i think it's gonna be in the high 40s i think it'll be a 28 25 type game uh what does that do for me math wise oh man i don't know it's a tough one paul i'm having issues with this one because 28 25 puts it up just above 51 and a half i don't know how i feel about this you know i'm going with the over I'm living and dying by the over. So I'm going over 51 and a half. And I'm also going to say that the Eagles blow up this in the Cowboys face. The Cowboys obviously don't cover the spread of three and a half points. I think the Eagles are outright winners. That is my must watch though. Paul, what is yours? Um, the Bucks Rams um, point and a half spread. I think the Bucks will cover it. And 55, I go with the over. 
I think uh, you can see TB12 score most of those. And so I think it's going to be over 55. I, I think that's a, a conservative number. Yeah, the Rams have a good defense. I mean, let's not get us wrong about that. But what Brady and the Bucks have done offensively so far is just very impressive. So 48 points against the Falcons. I could see them easily getting into the high 20s or uh, low 30s and the Rams just being right there with them because this is how it's going to be. So I like that game. I like that pick. Those are definitely two games I think will be must-watches of the week. This all leads us to – we've had some good segues with what we've been doing with Paul. With, well, this is awkward. Tom Brady Sr., making headlines, at least up here in New England, for the comments he made to Tom Curran on his Patriot podcast when he was asked a few different things about Tom returning to the pa- to Foxborough to face the Patriots and just in general how they felt. So let's just give a really quick thought on this. So I'll tell you what he said. So they talked about things like his believes that the Suns post-Patriot success has been validated with his decision to leave the team. He said, damn right. Bill Belichick wanted him out the door. And last year he threw 56 touchdowns. I think that's a pretty good year. Uh, he was like going on and on about how damn right his son feels the same way. He feels validated that they left. Bill didn't want him here, whatever. They found better success. Tampa Bay is very happy they have him. But then I also thought it was funny because they asked him about Patriots gear and what does he have and anything like that. And he actually said, he has, he goes, I'm not sure. I just, uh, let's see, there might be something. He goes, I think I have a license plate that says something like six Super Bowls. But other than that, I think pretty much the rest of it has been given to Goodwill or Catholic Charities or something. So let's just take a look at all that. So first off, I get it. He feels, I get the first part of it where he feels validated that his son, you know, he's a proud dad. His son went off after the team seemingly didn't want him anymore. And showed that he still has it. I get that. I think he was on a slippery slope. He was. It was very awkward overall because the way he was talking, it makes it almost sound and sound like the Brady's and like Tom kind of all are already putting the Patriots history in the past and like kind of forgetting about it. So I'm Tom Brady senior. I sign all that stuff and I give it to charity. Yeah. Hey, Tom Brady's father had this stuff, and now he's going to let a charity raise some money with it. Take the high road. Yeah. He stayed on the, he wasn't on the low road, but he could have, he was, he was, he had his toe over the curb. Yeah. That's a weird thing to me, also. It's like you really kept nothing. Your son played in the NFL for 20 years, won six Super Bowls with this franchise. Just because it didn't end on the greatest of notes, you're just going to toss all that away. That's probably something that maybe not you, but maybe Tom or maybe his kids might want one day. Yeah. It's just, it's just an awkward thing to say. And also it's kind of giving more flame to the fires that don't need to be there. Obviously Brady himself is not coming out and saying things like this. And the Patriots are obviously staying hush on the whole week four matchup. So dad doesn't, shouldn't need to come out and try to make waves just because. So um, I'm going to glom onto that with a quote by Cecil Newton. 
another Patriots quarterback dad. I was going to say, um, well, this is awkward. Uh, you have another Patriots issue? <laughs> well, take the high road. The son did. And then he came out and said the real reason. But anyway, Cecil Newton said, the way he talks, the way he walks and dresses and dances is the real reason Cam was cut. Why would you say that publicly? Because... The dads don't dads. dads don't think. Dads, I proud dads when he's parents protect their kids no matter how old they are. It's just what they do. You would do the same for your kids if you felt they would be, you know, if they were something was done against them. Yep. Yep. But I it's just what you do. You support your kids no matter what. Even exactly. when they're f- 32 and or 44 and (laughs) teach them to take the high road you just you sometimes you just have it come out you get a little more you know willy-nilly in your old age so it's what happens though what you shouldn't get willy-nilly with is what we're going to talk about next and that is our sponsor bet us so let's take a quick break to hear from them play ball There are plenty of sports going on right now, including the NFL, Major League Baseball, and soon to be much more with NBA and NHL right around the corner. No better time to get onto BetUS than right now. Make sure when you sign up with BetUS, you use promo code 12OUNCE. That's 1-2-O-Z. When you do, you're going to get a great deal from them. BetUS is America's favorite sports book. Make sure you check them out. That's again, BetUS. Use promo code 12OUNCE, that's 1-2-O-Z, when making any of your sports bets today. Make sure, as always, to gamble responsibly. Play ball! Hey, when you're listening to our over-unders, gamble responsibly. If you're influenced in any way, shape, or form. Mine, not yours. Just adding on to the end of that little ad yeah. there, Paul. I just, uh, it's its how it is. I think we're getting good at this. going to have to cut that up and edit <laughs> that transition. You didn't give any sort of pause there. <laughs> In the middle of that, they're going to hear, play ball. <laughs> play ball. But all right, so back to what we're going to be talking about next, and that is before the Ryder Cup, Major League Baseball wild card. The season is winding down, and Paul, a lot has actually changed in this wildcard race since we last talked. Last week, we were thinking, hey, maybe the Red Sox should, would make, take advantage of the schedule and spring load themselves up in the standings. Well, it actually happened that way, which is shocking. They are two games up of the second place team, which is Toronto and the Yankees, who will be facing each other at some point soon. But the Yankees and Red Sox also play each other. So they should be able to make some space. You have Seattle and Oakland, the only other two teams with any sort of chance at this. Two and a half games out. So it's going to be close. We're going to see what happens. But right now, if you are a Red Sox fan, are you feeling pretty good about your chances of making the final, you know, stretch work. Um, I don't think you ever can be comfortable. Um, they're set up pretty well. They have got to play like it's the World Series, take it serious, and I think they win it. Um, so they do have an easier schedule, but 
crazy things have happened. So That's true. Stay healthy, play good ball, don't make stupid mistakes, and you know, get in the playoffs. Hey, listen, we talked at the beginning of this season, this season, and we said everybody's counted these guys out for this year. Yep. But we gave a lot of credence to to Cora's return. These guys love that man, and wow, can they play baseball? Yeah, Not so a lot yeah. of teams rolling in the laundry cart. No. So you have after the Mets game today, which they are currently winning nine to one as we speak. So that one should be in the books. They face the Yankees for a three game series, the Orioles and the Nationals. So they have a game again, six of their final, their final six games are against teams that they should potentially go six and zero against, which will make a huge difference. So we'll see what happens with that. My question is, Paul, who do you think is the other wild card spot? If we're putting the Red Sox in, is it going to be the Blue Jays, the Yankees, or one of the two teams from the AL West with Seattle or Oakland? I think it's going to be Toronto. That's that's the gut feeling. They've had a phenomenal September. The only other team I could see actually making a run is it's going to be one of the two AL West teams because I feel – when they end up facing each other, they are going to have issues. But actually, you know what? Now that I look at it, I take that back. It's going to be either the Yankees or Toronto. I'll go with Toronto because I quickly just took a look at the Mariners and A schedule. And do you know what I see? What do you see? Six games left between the Seattle Mariners and the Oakland Athletics. So they are going to essentially just knock each other out because unless one of them is sweeping all of those games, if they just go back and forth, it's, it's not going to go well. So I'll go with you. I'll go with Toronto, a Red Sox, Toronto wildcard game matchup is what we're predicting. We will have a much clearer view next week. When, when we come back, it'll probably be about three, four games left. So we should have a clear picture of what's happening there. So that's the wild card race. The last thing we are going to talk about this week is the Ryder Cup. Like we said at the beginning of the show, it is taking place at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin. Paul, lot to discuss here because the Ryder Cup is just in general interesting to me. I find it fascinating. But any quick thoughts right off the bat when it comes to Team USA Obviously, the big issue people think with that team is going to be how well do they mesh together because there's some big personalities and two of them have a bit of a beef thing happening. Well, understand that two of them had dinner together to agree that they would play on the team and play nice in the sandbox or the sand trap or the hazard or whatever you want to call it, the bunker. Brooks and Bryson are going to play on the team and though not paired, they will play nice. And hey, listen, they gotta they gotta bury the hatchet. It's golf is bigger than the two of them. Yes, no, that's very true. I did read that also that they had dinner and kind of putting things behind them and kind of focusing on the team USA in general. So hopefully that is true because obviously if you have some guys button heads inside of it, it could cause some division. It also makes a difference for pairings. Obviously, though, it doesn't sound like Brooks and Bryson were ever going to be a chance to be paired off. They're both kind of big T hitters and have similar game style. So you kind of want to make sure when you're pairing up foursome, twosomes for the foursome plays, you have 
two guys that have kind of styles that mesh well. So if you have one that's a strong iron and putter and another one that's big off the tee box, you kind of have them together because when it's alternate shot, best ball type thing, you have to make sure you have an all-around game on your squad. So, Paul, when looking at this, we know in 2018 there's an implosion. An epic implosion. And it wasn't the type one and they got destroyed. Yeah. It wasn't the type where it was like, oh, the U.S. had this huge lead. They had a big lead when it started. They were up 3-1 after the first session of matches. And then it was all just downhill from there. It didn't seem like anything went the U.S.'s way. They ended up losing 17.5 to 10.5 in that Ryder Cup that took place in France. They were heavy favorites, too. Like, they were odds-on, favored to win. They have a good young squad again in this one. Surprising fun, not fun fact, but surprising fact about this team for the U.S., they don't have one golfer ranked outside of the top 21 in the world golf rankings. The European team has guys as far down as 50. And rounding out their team are older than 50 there's an age there's definitely an age factor in this uh, there is matchup i don't think there's anybody over 50 though like phil mickelson if he made the team would have been the only one and and is phil over 50 yes yeah yes and he does really well because he takes his ginkgo biloba or whatever that commercial is <laughs> um hey you got a bunch of young guys all good players and there's a lot to be said for age and wisdom. And I just think you got some energetic young bucks. Um, and the U.S. takes this thing, in my opinion. And by yeah. the way, Phil, I'm sorry. I don't mean old. I mean seasoned. I mean seasoned. Peppered. Yeah. yeah, peppered. In European years. Yeah, in European years. <laughs> <laughs> not in American years. Uh, no, obviously not. In golf years, he's uh, he's young and spry. So, That's Paul, it. I know you, have, you said you already have the U.S. winning. And we'll get to who, what you think the final scoring will be. But what do you think the key for Team USA then is for winning this Ryder Cup? Is there anybody that specifically needs to do well? Or do you just think in general, they're just going to blow the doors off Team Europe? I just think they're going to play well. They'll all play well. Um, you can have somebody not be stellar with these four. Yeah, you got Justin Thomas and Jordan Speed that both can be top players and clearly um, Bryson and Brooks have proven they are. But, hey, I think it's a, I think it's a win handily. Yeah. So I'm going to agree with you. Justin Thomas, I think is the key for team USA here. I think he has to come out and kind of be the guy that sets the tone for this team. We know Jordan Spieth plays very well at the Ryder cup. They don't have Captain America himself that was self-reclaimed Patrick Reed last time out. They played the Ryder Cup. He was kind of the person that gave the emotion to the team. He's not on the team this year. And, you know, probably the guys on the team are probably happy about that. Fans are disappointed because he kind of got riled up and was all, you know, USA, USA type. But like you said, it's a young team. It's a young squad. I think they win it. I think they take it on home turf. I do have to say the only thing I hate about team Europe is Ian Poulter. Despise him. He's garbage. I just, he's just, he's just one of those guys that it's kind of a dick. I think every car, car he owns is a Ferrari or something like that. 
Yeah, that's ostentatious. And he has like 20 of them. Like it's just something. He just rubs me the wrong way. He's always been a guy on the PGA Tour that I've got like, F you. And I don't have that about many guys on the PGA Tour because why would I? They're golfers. They're really just whatever. But yeah, I've never just liked Ian Poultry. He's kind of smug. So Ian, if you're watching this, I never want you on as a guest. Wow. But if you want to be a guest, Golf. it'll be 50 to $100. <laughs> you have to pay us to be on our show. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Nobody else does. Everybody else can be free. And we'll gladly accept free guest on the show. But Ian Poulter has to pay us. I'd like Phil Mickelson to come on. Paul, by the way, that I don't, you probably don't know this, but the 50 to 100 thing is a little inside joke that happened on Twitter where a Twitter person said somebody asked them to be on the show. They explained they have a 50 to $100 guest fee because of the hours and work they put in. And they were completely shredded to bits by everybody else in the fantasy sports world because nobody charges, apparently. It doesn't matter how big of a name you are. Most people don't charge to be a guest appearance on a podcast. So people were like, the fact that you charge 50 to $100 and you're like a nobody, but I had Bryant Gumble come on my show for free. <laughs> says a lot <laughs> wow um you know i it, it's funny you see all these television shows right and the famous people go on and it's yeah. all every one of them is promoting something and it's just like a giant commercial and abc does that because every show they have is about abc and and dancing with the stars have other stars on and yep. all that crap so but hey listen you throw a guy a bone you, you get on these shows and you do an interview it's part of being famous and and being a personality exactly and it means it probably means nothing to you but if it's a small time podcast that gives them an extra 10 people listening to them it means a lot to them so yeah it was just a little inside thing there but yeah no seriously though if ian poulter ever wanted to come on the show he'd have to pay us it's the only way i would allow it only way i would allow it that's okay so you, you are in charge, Paul. I will ask you, what do you think the final score will be in this Ryder Cup? So remember, it is out out of 28 total possible points. 16 and a half, 11 and a half. I like it. That's a, I think that's a very fair score and evaluation of the talent between the two squads, because obviously you have guys like John Ram and Victor Hovland on Team Europe. They're probably going to play pretty well. But again, you also have a stacked U.S. team that has Spieth, Cantley, um, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, Xander Schofel. Like you just have name after name on the U.S. squad. And it's like, yeah, great. Europe has Sergio Garcia. But Sergio Garcia is not Sergio from 10 years ago. He is aged Sergio. <laughs> Sword swirling golf club antics. So you got that kind of difference in how this is going to be played out. Uh, I think I'm going to be right there with you around the 16 and a half, 11 and a half. I'm going to go with the score of the last Ryder cup, just flipped it 17 and a half to 10 and a half in the U S favor. And yeah, I think they take it and win it all. I think uh, we're, we're pretty close on that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, good match to watch. Yeah, it's always a nice little, it's a fun thing to watch because it's, it's not the normal, PGA, all right, every man for themselves. It's the team competition. It makes it exciting. It's, you know, the U.S. pride and us being cocky as anything because we're the U.S. and that's just how we are when it comes to sports versus the snobby Europeans. Well, 
it's something that's different than a regular match. It's not the um, the match, right? The uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers match. Because um, that kind of gets boring. It's the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. I mean, obviously, oh. Sunday, it's the singles, but it's head-to-head. So it's matched up. So it is exciting as it gets closer to the end. If it's a close matchup, you're all like everybody's intensely following the final three or four matches of who's going to win, who's going to take this. Is so and so because also the whole part of the singles matchup is each side doesn't know who's playing, who's getting put into what slot. So when it gets revealed, it's like, oh, okay. So they stack their top order with their best people, and we stacked our bottom with our best people. How's it going to play out? Who's going to get the upset? Who's going to do what here and there? So it makes it very interesting. So we'll see what happens. But I always enjoy the Ryder Cup. It was It's nice to have it back. But besides that, Paul, I think, I think we're going to wrap things up. There's no fun little questions at the end of the show. I couldn't think of one this week. Maybe next week we'll have one. We'll have one. We'll be closer to the end of baseball and it's close enough that we may not have an answer who we think is going to win. We, might, we might still be. I guess we'll ne- we may never know. We will know, but hopefully the hell we know the Red Sox are in it. <laughs> Jesus, that'd be d- d- very disappointing. It would be after how cocky we were this summer about them. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And, and truly it's the Red Sox to lose. They yep. would have to lose this. They would, and and you know, I think they've got a pretty good head on their shoulders. I think they will be, I think they'll be a, a decent performance. They gotta, they don't have to win all of them, but they gotta win most of them. Yep. So we will see. But all right, Paul. Any parting words for everybody? Everybody, be safe. It's that time again, right? There's plenty of football. There's plenty of baseball. There's outside activities. Let's make sure we can continue to do it. Distance. Wear a mask. It's for everybody else. All right. I will reiterate those words, like you said, or I guess I'll echo those words as well. Stay safe, stay healthy. Make sure you like and subscribe to us and follow us on Twitter at Sports Dance. Also, don't forget to check out 12 on Sports on Zingo TV on channel 761. Again, that's Zingo TV. And when you sign up, use promo code 12 ounce. But all in all, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging out with us and listening to our stances on sports. My name is Greg. As always with me is my sidekick, Paul. We will catch you next week. Have a good one. The Sports Sports Dance.